Hello everybody, welcome back to Not Another Isekai. Oh man, we got some more shows this week of course. I'm getting deep into Vinland Saga and a uh, bunch of other stuff. It's nice that we're actually continuing on a lot of these shows because last week was like the first week for a lot of these. Um, but now we're just continuing. Now we're just riding all uh, this, uh, this this uh, season schedule. What is it? Uh, spring, right? Spring 2023. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, we got good stuff. Uh, one show. We did actually drop one show. Uh, but we'll talk about that when we get to it. And uh, yeah, pretty much everything here. Although, although I will say almost kind of made up for it because there's another show uh that watched two episodes of because I, I was like one episode behind um but uh yeah yeah we got some good stuff um so let's just uh let's start how we always start so we got villain saga season two episode 15 um this was this was definitely a big turning point, you know, I think last episode I might have, I don't remember exactly the words I used, but, um, you know, last week was definitely more of a kind of like setup, a lot of backstory for Arnheide and Gardar, that, that sort of thing, kind of setting up who he is, um, and just giving more story to Arnheide, because up until this point, she's just been like the girl that Anar was super into, um, and then just like the other slave, right? Like Anar and uh, Thorfinn have their deal with uh, with Kettle, and Arnheide doesn't. Arnheide doesn't have anything like that. In fact, Arnheide super tied to Kettle um, in in a, well, a couple different ways. <laughs> um, seemingly also has his kid, <laughs> so <laughs> that's still something we didn't address at all this episode. I don't think. But uh, now it's like a turning point. Now it's okay. So we have a big moment here where Gardar uh, is free, right? He 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 bit that dude's neck. That was crazy. Uh, that was like um, watch The Walking Dead. <laughs> I don't know, like season. Uh, let's see. So it was before Alexandria. So probably like season four-ish, because when they're still on the road, I think probably like season four. Maybe. I don't know. Um, Rick did that to somebody. That was crazy. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Gardar bit that dude's neck. Went crazy. Uh, which, which was really dumb, because like that, he was getting way too close to them. Like, I don't know. He he was dumb in the first place for actually being like, oh, yeah, you can you can come over here and, uh, and, he, and tend to his wounds. Like, what? No. And, like, again, Arnheide... You know, to me, Arnold definitely didn't have that planned out from the very beginning. But, like, come on. Like, what are you... Like, no, like, you know how dangerous this dude is? I mean, you know, we've seen him take on so many people at once. Um, he did kill somebody, right? Like, you know, in the woods. Um, yeah, come on. Like, what are you... You're crazy. And then Arnold freed him, so they're gone. We have no idea where they are, right? Because I don't think we've seen them at all since then. Uh, no idea where they're going, but I'm sure we'll see them again. Um... There's just, there's just so many things going on at this farm. <laughs> this one farm, there's so many, so many points of, of interest, I guess. Uh, it's crazy. Um, and then we have a nice little speech here, uh, with Thorfinn. And I really like the line where he was like, um, you know, he said the, the line between soldier and slave trader is blurry. 
um, you know, because he himself was a slave, right? But then he was also a soldier. He was a warrior, and he saw a lot of stuff, right? That's kind of the entire, <laughs> entire first season, and why he has like this crazy PTSD in the second season. Um, and so he's, he, you know, he he says a lot of things, but it is really him, not I guess not really reminiscing, but him kind of going back into what he used to be, and why he can't do that anymore, right? Like he says, um, you know, he can't. One more life is it. It is too much for him, you know. Um, you know that goes back to a few episodes ago where he was like, "I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna hurt anyone anymore." Uh, you know, I, I've t- taken a stand, right? Um, you know, so that was, you know, that was really cool. I was kind of reinforcing his own ideals, uh, you know, kind of having something for Anor to think about, um, and then I'm sure more and more foreshadowing as to what the upcoming episodes are going to be, with what you know the probably what the different decisions he's going to have to make, um, you know, because I'm sure, again, we can't forget about Canute, you know, that was a whole episode or two, you know, of their, you know, their base, what they're doing, you know, uh, Floki, all them guys, like, they, they are coming, um, you know, we still haven't seen Kettle and them return yet, uh, you know, I don't know where else where they would go, I imagine they are coming back here, uh, you know, especially because that one dude was super after Thorfinn, I don't, again, I don't remember him from the original, or from the first season, if he was like some sort of prominent character or if he was just some dude that kind of knows about Thorfinn, I don't know. Um, at the very end, we see that Snake is ready to hunt. Snake is there. Um, he's next to uh, Spherical. Spherical looking real sick. <laughs> he's, he's not looking great, um, but he's there and he's got like his hand on, on the hilt of his sword, you know, deep in thought, very, you know, definitely, uh, you know, focused, but also angry, I would imagine. And so he, you know, he's probably ready, but he's probably also fighting some stuff too, like internally, because I mean, I don't think he can leave the farm. Like they've, like they've escaped, right? Like Gardar, Arnhide, they're gone. And so he probably doesn't want to leave, especially because Spherical's still here. You know what I mean? Um, it's probably tough for him. It's probably very tough, you know, especially since he is supposed to be like, you know, I, I was imagine, you know, I don't know how true this is. I don't think I've ever like really, uh, uh, like displayed real ranks among them all but uh you know i always saw him as like the leader the captain of all the different like bodyguards and stuff that they have at the farm so for this to happen for the whole guardar situation to happen i'm sure you know i'm sure he feels very guilty for that even though i don't know that he's necessarily the you know the one at fault i guess just by proxy he gets some blame um you know, but I'm sure he himself probably takes all the blame, he's like, this is all my fault, I should have done more, um, you know, I should have been more on guard, you know, I should have, uh, you know, whatever, right, um, you know, it's it's very similar to Thorfinn, in a way, where, you know, Thorfinn puts a lot of blame on a lot of things of himself, you know, even though probably many of them doesn't really have to, (laughs) you know, it's just his own, his own guilty conscience, right, um, but yeah, yeah, that was, that was pretty much the episode, um, Again, obviously the big thing, Gardar escaping, but we're not really sure, like, you know, to me, I'm not really sure how much that affects the farm, because Gardar wasn't part of this farm anyway. I guess he did take Arn. oh yeah, I guess that's probably big. I mean, again, I don't know how many people know, because again, that, you know, that was like confirmed, right, that Arnhide has, has Kettle's kid. I mean, even if she didn't, you know, he is still, she is still Kettle's, so probably you know probably see the the severity of that 
aspect of it where when kettle comes back because you know they don't know that kettle and them are in trouble right now you know i'm sure they're like they probably don't want you know kettle to come back and then be like yeah arnheim was stolen <laughs> you know um especially if he knows you know if he which he probably doesn't because i feel like the way arnheim told anar that information she was like oh he's he's gonna be so happy he's he's been wanting this forever you know so i feel like he doesn't know yet um yeah, so that, that, that's probably why it's important, you know, because otherwise, it's like, yeah, I'm sure there's like, like codes and stuff that they try to live by, and so it's like, oh, you, you slave got stolen, it's, it's it's my property, right? So we're gonna go after him, but I feel like even more so that like it's specifically Arnhide, um, and specifically that he, you know, she does have the child. Yeah, not not gonna be a good time. <laughs> uh, next, we got Hell's Paradise episode four. Um, I feel like not too much here. I feel like this was kind of another, like, middling episode. Um, you know, there's kind of a few things to note. Uh, Gabimaru, still going crazy, still proving that he is probably the, the baddest man, um, alive on that island. <laughs> um, just, just destroying these monsters left and right, left and right, it's crazy. Um, great, great fight, uh, fight scene, fight choreography, all that stuff. Uh, very, very fun to watch. Then we have more of an introduction to Yuzuhira. Uh, she she's just out here playing games, right? She is she's using her uh, her uh, very distinct qualities <laughs> to uh, you know to her advantage to kind of take advantage of, of other people and uh, their their situations and uh, to to survive, I guess. You know, again, I'm not I'm not faulting it. You know, um, but yeah, she she's definitely going to be more of a character to watch. I feel like you know you know this is kind of. Um, you know, more of what I wanted to see where, you know, we did have last episode, right, where a lot of, you know, a lot of people died, a lot of the swords people, uh, the, the, the sword wielders, sword masters, um, but also a lot of the, the prisoners as well. Um, and so this is kind of what I want, you know, more of what I want to see where we have these people that are, okay, they're, they're here, probably not going to be, you know, probably not going to see so many people just die in a montage again. <laughs> you know, now we're kind of solidifying our, our cast, of, of everyone on both sides and uh you know now we're gonna see them really start to kind of work together or i guess maybe work against each other you know whatever the different dynamics are uh you know but now we're like okay now we can focus on learning more about each of these characters because we've already had kind of the you know the initial massacre of the the different betrayals and the different uh you know oh you thought <laughs> you thought we're just gonna do this but we're not um, you know, so that's where we get more to something like, like, Yuzuhira, where we saw a tiny bit of her in, I think, like, the second episode or something, um, you know, you know, but now we're like, okay, we're learning more about her, and then even towards the very end, like, the last, like, third of this episode was, uh, about these two brothers, don't remember their names, uh, we did see some backstory of them, like, protecting each other, um, and see, it's kind of weird, because I feel like, um, you know, if, if I'm remembering correctly, one of them is one of the, like, sword masters, and one of them is a criminal, right? Is that you know because you know the way that the one i mean the one dude has sword <laughs> um you know so unless they just you know unless they just stole it from somebody i guess that's possible because you know some of the sword people did die um that's an interesting dynamic though um that can't be true though right because i feel like i don't know be be a very twisted char uh, character <laughs> 
uh, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we have the two brothers. So again, we're we're learning more about these characters. You know, I feel like that's important. Um, you know, I feel like next episode we're gonna kind of build off of that, right? Um, you know, even you know, even the one dude, uh, the one like big dude. You know, we learned a little bit about his past, and, like what he did, and like you know how you know why he's here. Um, so again, kind of kind of fleshing out some of these characters for you know for, for the rest of the show. We're already on episode four. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah you know you know i feel like probably next episode we're gonna see more of like the plan you know because them just kind of aimlessly wandering around trying to find this elixir probably not gonna work right you know so i feel like they need to have some sort of game plan you know some people are gonna team up i'm sure um i can see other people fighting for it because i guess you know i didn't really catch this in the beginning i don't know if this was like explicitly stated but um you know they're they're making it sound like only one person gets to pardon like, I feel like that's not fair, you know? Like, what are you... you know? We're all putting in the work, right? We, we, you know, if the elixir gets found, all of us that are surviving should get the pardon. But... Also, like, how do we, like... At the end of the day, it's gonna be, like, a battle royale then. You know? Because it's like, okay, well... One of us finds it. Okay, now we're... We're... Public enemy number one. <laughs> all the other criminals are gonna come after us and, and, and kill us until there's one left the bottle of the elixir and it's like okay i get the pardon you know so that's i wonder if that's like easily where the show is gonna go you know because like well i mean first yeah because like, you know there's there's a lot of questions right like we're four episodes in i feel like this is normally by this point this is when you start thinking about what the rest of the show is going to be. And like, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure this is based on a manga. I'm sure the manga is a million chapters. So I'm sure the 13 episodes we get here does not cover the entire manga. Right. But, you know, we can still kind of speculate where it's like, okay, so is that just the whole show? Is it just the whole, the whole show is them on this island finding the elixir. One of them finds it gets part and that's it. It can't be. Right? Like, is the elixir even on the side? Is it even a real thing? Is there some other, like, uh, like, uh, like secret story to all of this? Um, are there other players in play here other than just the, the sword people and then the, the criminals? Um, is there some, like, secret, like, true purpose to this island? You know, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot of questions, you know? Um, Next, we got Konosuba, an explosion on this wonderful world, episode three. Still continuing on with this with this stuff. Um, so they're just putting in some weird situations. Um, we have uh, we have this man that we're meeting again, Boo Boo Korori, Boo Korori, Boo Korori. Yeah, um, this guy just just a weird fellow. <laughs> just. Just an odd guy. Um, he's coming in. They he, he's talking about like this. Like there's a girl that he's like pretty much stalking. <laughs> it's not not really cool there. And they, they, they like throw a bunch of books on him. <laughs> like this is weirdo. Get this weirdo out of here. Why is he still here? You know. Um. But yeah, and then they like try to help him, but then he like starts acting weird again. And it's like, why are we helping this man? Why why did he turn invisible? <laughs> It's not a, this, this is the one power, the one spell that, that this man in particular should not know how to use. <laughs> um, 
and then and then there's one punch bears which is really funny it obviously made me immediately think of one punch man saitama um so yeah they have the one punch bears right they they, they take them out but again it's this you know this show this uh you know this episode is mostly kind of displaying the the relationship or the lack thereof between Bukurori and and uh and the fortune teller Zoketo. um it's very weird because i feel like we don't really know it too well like right now we're just looking at it as okay this, this weird dude is crushing on this girl and uh she's just like you are annoying <laughs> every day you know she even says that too when when he does the big like fireball thing that kind of takes out all the bears but it, it kind of like hurts her as well and she's like every day with this nonsense <laughs> get get out of here like what do we, there's what do you what do you want from me <laughs> um but then she has a fortune teller so then we have this great kind of kind of payoff to the whole situation where He's like, oh man, I won't, you know, is there, is, you know, when, when do I get a girlfriend, right? And she's fortunately, she's like, oh, this is weird. She's looking in the crystal ball. Like, oh man, there's, you know, you know, usually, I mean, when people come to me with this kind of question, like, you know, there's at least one, one person. <laughs> and it just means that you're just, you're just never getting one. <laughs> it's, it's never happening. And he's just like super down. And she's like, oh no, you know, you know, my, my, you know, my, my tellings aren't always true. And she goes into like a super specific example where it was like, oh, this one time when I was a child, I forecast the weather to be partly cloudy, but it was, but it turned out that it was only, it was actually partly sunny <laughs> or, or, or like some like super like minute difference. And it just makes him feel worse. It's like, oh no, yeah, there's a, these are pretty much uh, always true. <laughs> Just like man, you gotta, you know, you you gotta change your approach, you know. This is not happening. I mean, clearly, clearly, you're not like you're you're doing something wrong. Like twice now, we've seen you, uh, you know, run into these these crimson demon students, you know, Megumin Union and all these all these ones, and this time, they all threw they they were in the library and they all threw books at you. And the first time, they they left you in in the you know, a little, like, ditch that you dug, <laughs> or that you fell in, it's like, you're, you're doing something wrong, you gotta, you gotta just admit that, and you, and you, you, you gotta make some life changes, you know, um, and at the very end, uh, we do have kind of more of a follow-up to that, where Megumin and Union, they kind of ponder romance a little bit, right, they kind of ponder, like, oh, you know, I wonder what's gonna happen in our future when it comes to that, um, you know, Megumin talks about, uh, you know, you know, cause like, at least on the outside, she's like, you know, very full of herself. So, um, you know, she's like, oh, it's going to obviously be this like crazy, you know, hero and, you know, all, you know, whatever. And then Yunun makes, you know, a, you know, her own observation where she's like, you know, I could see you getting with someone like, like super normal, just like a super average regular dude. And that's funny because, we then look at uh, the the main Konosuba show and how like I don't know I'm you know I'm not gonna say that like um, oh, what's the <laughs> what's the main character's name in Konosuba um, oh, I just I don't remember couldn't tell you couldn't tell you but whatever it is um, he's like this like the most regular dude ever. 
Um, you know, they, you know, they don't have, you know, necessarily like a romantic relationship in the main show, but you know, they, they definitely have their moments. And so, you know, I think that's kind of funny where, you know, I don't know how, um, how intentional that was, uh, you know, but, you know, but if it was, that was a nice little nod to, you know, to the main show where they, you know, they do kind of have their moments and it's like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, like, you know, I could, I could definitely see that. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that was, you know, that was, that was pretty much the whole show, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of focusing on these, you know, those other two new characters that I'm sure we'll see pop up again. This is already the, you know, the, the second time I believe that we've seen Buko Rory, uh, you know, be here, so I'm sure we'll do more of that, and, uh, yeah, just, just, just some, you know, more good Konosuba stuff, um, you know, I am still waiting <laughs> for them to learn some magic, because it is all just, you know, just like smoke and mirrors at this point, I feel like, um, so. Then we have uh, Dr. Stone, New World Episode 3. Um, this is just like the, the like hoarding episode <laughs> where they are reaping the rewards of a lot of their hard work, right? So they have a ton of wheat now. It's been, you know, been a few months. All this wheat, crazy amount of wheat. They got, they got bread for days. <laughs> so much bread. They are never going to go, they're, they're, they're going to get sick of bread, honestly. Um, so that's cool. They now have pigs, which, you know, can be used for meat, obviously, but then also for like truffles, um, which I know is like, you know, um, the one character, the one like very, very slithery character. I don't remember his name, but he's got the, like the black and white hair, wears like the robe. Um, he's like, oh, well, you know, I mean, you know, truffles, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're very expensive, right? They're in the real world but it's like it is funny to see that you know you know him like mention stuff like that because we're in like the dr stone world where it's like yeah but we don't really have currency <laughs> we don't really have goods and or services in that way like capitalism doesn't really exist um you know the the one dude i remember his name the you know like sea captain the the greediest man on, on earth you know, he, he injected some, some, some currency <laughs> into the world. It's, it's, it's not really sticking, obviously. It's not like every episode. It's like, oh, we're going to buy and sell stuff. Uh, you know, but even with that, it's like, I don't really think we're going to get the whole, like, truffle thing the way that you think we are. <laughs> um, but, um, and then on top of that, uh, they, they finally made gas, right? So we have gas now, so that's awesome. Um, they're able to, like drive the boat so now you know we're you know we are upping stuff right like you know i think people talked about you know people have uh compared this show to you know to minecraft where it's like you start with nothing you build stuff that leads to more stuff and then there you go right um and you know this show especially this third season i feel like has really i've already talked about this before but they really leaned into the like video gameness of it um so now they got wheat pigs truffles they got gas so they can do the boat um probably like upgrading the, the like car like gorilla whatever that the you know the old man made um you know now now we're getting somewhere now we have these different types of advancements that are really going to open up the world to us um you know and that's that's really exciting for me because i feel like the basis of this show with senku and everyone just kind of advancing their technological state right 
is fun, but to me it's not. It's like, it's not something that I feel like can carry the show. You know, I feel like if it was just that, I'd be like, okay, yeah, it's, 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 it's fine. But it's like, I don't really care because at that point we're just kind of watching stuff happen. Um, and, you know, you know, there's no like end goal. I mean, I guess the end goal is just like, oh, once we get to the internet, <laughs> I guess that's probably modern, right? You know, but, you know, I do like them being able to open up the world like that now when they have like a real boat. Um, you know, they're going to upgrade their, their cars, maybe get the planes or something, right? We have already have a hot air balloon uh, because, you know, there is still that mystery, you know, that that mystery of what the petrification beam was, where it came from, why it happened, who was behind it, all those questions. I feel like is what's driving the show. I feel like it's it's what's necessary to make you care about these characters in more than just a a, a slice of life way. If, if this was billed as a slice of life show, then it'd be fine. I'd be like, oh, I don't really need a story like them. Like, I understand that this show is only going to be them building stuff and getting, you know, to each next step, you know, each each rung on the ladder. Right. Um, but it's not billed as that. You know, we do have that that the whole petrification thing. And, um, you know, they remind us of that at the very end where we feel like we're getting some sort of Morse code and the Morse code spells out why the word why not the letter why um and th th that's all it is though but you know that you know that starts them um them speculating as to like okay who's on the other end of that is it maybe someone who uh was on the other end of the petrification beam someone who has some information maybe, you know maybe someone who was part of the team that caused it or whatever so you know that's what this show i feel like needs to keep doing where it's like, hey, remember, the show's not just about growing wheat, you know? Like, we need that. But the show is really ultimately about why was this, you know, why did this, uh, you know, earth, <laughs> literally planet-shattering event, why did this occur? And who was behind it, right? Was it just some <laughs> random thing from space, <laughs> you know? You know? Was it just alien? I mean, maybe it was aliens. Maybe, you know, maybe maybe aliens are here now. You know, we don't know. Um, but yeah, so good stuff. Again, you know, I like most episode with them being like, hey, here's what we have now. And the very end being like, hey, here's something to chew on, right? Next, we got Tony Kawa, Over the Moon for You, Season 2, Episode 3. Um, yeah, yeah, this one was just like a fun time um mixed with some uh some uh <laughs> pressure at the end um so for the most part this episode was them just at the amusement park we got nasa and tsukasa at the amusement park having a good time um nothing really super of note um you know i do like the whole like star wars parody thing where where tsukasa knows a lot about star wars she's like super into it and and nasa just like all right <laughs> cool you know, and then, uh, you know, Sukasa throwing out this trivia and she's like, it's, it's pretty common knowledge. And to my, <laughs> to mine, I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I don't know. You know, if we, you know, if we are just looking at this as Star Wars, right? Like, I don't know that everyone just knows about Star Wars. I feel like people know a few things here and there. Um, you know, but again, you know, that just kind of builds up her character where it's like, what's one of the few things that we know for sure about Sukasa? It's that she loves movies, right? That's like, you know, behind NASA, 
that's like her her number two love right um you know so you know that was cool to see and it was cool to see them having a good time right hanging out they got their passes um yeah um and then on, t- and on top of that the other you know the only other really like big thing that i wanted to note was uh um you know they'd have this like little challenge where they're like oh oh we're gonna make each other's plates it's gonna be like a little challenge right and you, and you get to Sukasa's plate that she made for Nasa. It's like, oh, it's so perfect. It's super thought out. Like, all the food, like, meshes really well with each other. Like, you know, the different, you know, you know different, like, sides and everything. And then the the plate that Nasa made for Sukasa is, like, just nonsense. <laughs> like, none of it melds well. They got the super cold food next to super hot food. You know, it's like, like candy and trash. And then, the, and, you know, just, it doesn't make any sense, right? You know, there's no... You know, there's no synergy on the plate and you know and, you know he, you know he's like super embarrassed about it and she's like nah whatever you got i got you know so that was cool um but that you know that's pretty much it with, with with nasa and sukasa i feel like you know the the more dramatic portion of the episode was with uh was with tan was with <laughs> Tanaguichi and Yanagi, uh, where they were at the amusement park as well, and um, they were definitely. I would say that Tanaguichi was sweating <laughs> the entire time, and Yanagi was also kind of thinking about, but like she was playing it way more cool. Or I guess we were just maybe more in Tanaguichi's head, so you know, you know, swear to see his perspective a lot easier, but um. They had this, they had this battle to you know to hold hands, and Nas and Tsukasa you know kind of started following them the whole time, and uh, it was funny because I was like, oh, they're gonna do, they're not gonna do, and they, and they didn't end up doing it, um, you know. And then Yanagi comes in the clutch. He's like, oh, I'm kind of scared. Do you want to, you know, um, you know, Yanagi making it super easy for this man the whole time, and just he just wasn't able to take, wasn't able to seize the opportunity, you know, you know as much as he should have. Um, and at the very end, uh, they do confess to each other, and it's like, ah, oh, yes, perfect, you know. Um, you know, it's funny because we can't really have those moments anymore. You know, this is something I mentioned. I probably mentioned in the in the. Oh no, I guess I didn't mention because I didn't watch the first season on this on the show. Um, but this is something I mentioned with other uh, you know other rom com shows, slice of life, whatever, is that like. It's tough to, for the most part, it's it's tough to have a compelling story in anime when the couple is already a couple, you know, because usually 90, 95% of the time, the story is them getting together. You know, it's like, oh, the back and forth, the different, you know, funny situations, um you know the the awkwardness maybe the different friend groups you know all that stuff right um and so for you know tony kawa to be a show where the first episode they get together it's like okay how how compelling is the show and the first season was was really good you know you know there's still a bit of put you know some of these like you know, for wacky situations and all that stuff the second season i still feel like is on par with that i would very much like for them to kind of up the ante a little bit, um, because you know, again, for the most part, 
the show is still, uh, you know, still very entertaining. Um, but I would like for this to be more than what it already is. Would it already prove that it could be in the first season? You know, because right now it's just like, oh, we're just kind of going to different places, you know. Um, I don't know. It is only episode three, so I don't want to, you know, I don't want to write it off as just like, oh, they just did season one again. Uh, but, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I hope at some point we do see, you know, little, little bigger stakes. You know, again, I don't need any, like, super, like, tough conflict necessarily. Um, you know, because then we have moments like this where it's like, oh, well, where do we show this? It's like, oh, well, we show it with two other characters where they have kind of an awkward time and they do confess. And it's like, oh, it's nice. Right. Um, but yeah, good. Good stuff for the most part. Uh, next, we got Mashal, Magic and Muscles, Episode 3, and this, I mentioned earlier, this is the show that I dropped. Um, again, it is pretty much just for all the different, uh, you, know, you know, the different critiques that I had of it last week, uh, where I said that, you know, this show is really the one show that's on the edge for me. Um, it's just like, you know, I watched like the first half of Episode 3, and uh, by that half a point, I was just like, yeah, I'm not really feeling it. I mean, again, I... I, I I don't believe it is a bad show. I don't believe that if you, you know, if you like it, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> you know, um, I don't know. It just, it just wasn't really doing it for me. It was, you know, it was too much of like too slapsticky for me. Um, and yeah, I just, I just didn't care about it. Like, I don't know, like comedy, I feel like is so hard to do in anime um with it being just comedy you know like you got you, you got romance and comedy okay you know you got you got comedy and um you know i mean you know we look at konosuba right where it's like it is comedy but then we have a bunch of like the fantasy elements we have like the whole like eat the whole like isekai i mean i mean even i mean i guess this <laughs> this spin-off of konosuba the the uh the like, megumin stuff i guess there's no isekai because we're just dealing with the, the people who are in the world um you know but i feel like konosuba is one of the few few exceptions to it where it's, oh no this this show does comedy very well um you know it is one of the few exceptions um you know so to me mashal just it, it just didn't really work for me you know like i i feel like i've watched <laughs> two and a half episodes and like i know what the show is you know like i don't really feel like i have to watch it you know you know kind of you know, I can, like, see all the different scenarios that he could be put in with, the, with like, the whole, like, magic school stuff where he doesn't know magic, and so he's doing it all with just his weird physical abilities, you know? Like, I feel like I don't really need to watch the show. I feel like I already kind of know it. Um, so, yeah, dropped it. Um, you know, you know, maybe it'll be crazy. Maybe it'll end up being top three show this season. I doubt it. And it has nothing to do with match. It has to do with the, the crazy stack season that we have. But it's like... Eh, just wasn't wasn't really doing it for me, unfortunately. Next, we got my love story with Yamada Kuna, level nine nine nine, episode three. Um, this was cool. This was a nice setup episode for me because uh, we were setting up more feelings that Akane has, and then also introduction to in real life Ruri. So we have. Um, so we have that, we, we have towards, uh, like, for uh, most of the episode, <laughs> um, we see that Akane is very jealous, um, that she found Yamada and Ruri talking. Um, you know, even before that, we had, 
the moment where we see that that younger girl um with yacht with yamada and she was like oh man i wonder who that is you know oh no she's like clinging on to him oh no what do you know what is this <laughs> what's going on here i was like ah she seems kind of young i don't know that uh that they're like together you know I, I can't really tell how old she is but she 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 seems like not, not like a child child not you know like six but like definitely still a kid <laughs> you know maybe like 12 <laughs> or like 14 or something you know what i mean like nine, you know i mean i guess how old is yamada isn't isn't yamada like 16 17 something like that um anyway you know, but then, you know, the big moment is that she sees Yamada and Ruri talking in the game by themselves. Oh, we're getting stuff done, you know, and then even, uh, you know, even Akane, or not Akane, even Yamada is like, oh, yeah, it's just nice to be us, just us two, you know, we're able to get so much done, it's just us two, you know, and so that kind of hurts Akane. I mean, I mean, first off, just like from a, from a, uh, you know, human perspective, where it's like, oh, wow, they kind of sound like they're saying they don't, they don't want me around. <laughs> And I'm a, you know, I'm a liability. That that sucks. But then also with the perception, Yamada's a guy, Ruri's a girl. They're together. You know, are they getting closer? Are they pushing me out? You know, what are what are my feelings for Yamada, right? So that's that's tough. Um. And then she sees them a couple more times, I think, and she definitely feels like that that younger girl um, is Yamada or is uh, is Ruri. I wrote Yamada for some reason. Is Rory, right? Because it's like, oh, it just kind of matches the style. And I guess it's it's, it's a really dumb. <laughs> but I guess in her mind, she looks at that that person's in real life, like, style. <laughs> and it's like, oh, that, that matches the character. Which is, which is like, not, not one for one. It's like, it's, you know, I don't know. I guess maybe you could look at someone's, like, in-game avatar and be like, oh, that's, that's clearly their thing. But it's like... You don't necessarily like dress up a a video game avatar as you dress up in real life, you know. Um, at the very end, we see that 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 was a bold assumption because that wasn't her. Uh, the the blonde guy is Rory in real life, um, which is funny because you know, he had like super extensive knowledge, so it makes sense. It's like, oh, of course that's like the guild master. It's like, oh, you, you can see how much knowledge he has of the game. Um, and it's funny, and it's also, you know, flipping the script, it's like, ooh, it's a, it's a girl avatar, but it's a guy who plays it, you know, where it's like, oh, yeah, of course, that can happen, you can be whatever you want in a video game, right, um, again, it's not one for one, you know, um, so that's, that's funny, that, that's interesting, that might change some things, that is the setup, I'm sure they'll, I'm sure episode four will pick up right where episode three left off, with them meeting each other, um, I don't know if they said who the girl is, I feel like the girl is, like, one of their, like little sisters or cousins or something um yeah i mean like she had this i mean i'm pretty sure she was blonde so so i felt like she was maybe like a, a sibling or something to rory but the way she was clinging to yamada maybe maybe it's actually yamada's uh sibling or whatever um but we'll see um and yeah that was, that was pretty much the episode again i you know i like this kind of like more development uh, I, you know, obviously, I, I you know I can't wait to hear more of Rory. It's gonna be great. Um, you know, I love you know I love their character in game. <laughs> um, but then also, you know, we start seeing more and more of these these feelings develop on on Akane Akane's end. Um, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, next, 
we got Skip and Loafer, episode three. Um, yeah, this one was, uh, let's see, what was this one? Uh, oh, yeah. Um, we had, uh, Kurume. That was, like, the big addition to this episode. It's just, uh, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna have more and more characters for us to love, expanding the friend group. That's always what you like to see in these little, like, slice-of-life type shows. Um, and we see that, um, Iwakura is a little intimidating to, you know, to Kurume. Um, it's kind of both their faults. <laughs> kind of on both ends where it is like, yeah... Iwakura can be a little intimidating, you know, a little, uh, a little, uh, just like, not like suffocating, but like, headstrong isn't really the right word, I don't know, I don't know, she can be like kind of, you know, intense, I think is the word I'm looking for, and she doesn't really mean to be, but she can be, but then also on, you know, on Kurume's end, like, he, she doesn't have any friends, um, you know, and this is, uh, I didn't write this down, but she does kind of mention it at some point where, or no, I don't think she mentions it. I think she, I think she thinks about it and she's just like, oh, well, everyone, you know, keyword, she uses the word probably, you know, in her mind, she's like, you know, everyone probably thinks of me as like some like nerd or whatever, um, you know, you, you know, they think I'm weird, you know? And so like, she kind of uses that as her excuse to not get close to anybody. Which is like super sad because it's like you don't know that though. Like you again, the the keyword probably. It's like well, that's just your own like the, the the image that you're projecting on yourself. It's like yeah, sure, some people might think that, but some people can think anything, <laughs> you know. Like there's other people that might really want to be your friend if you know, and you know, it could be you know, you, you know, it's not only your responsibility to reach out to other people; they can obviously reach out to you. But it's like you know, you can't you, know, you can't just assume that about other people you can't assume you know you, you know the same way that people assume things about you that you may or may not be you can't assume things about them either right so but you know that was cool because uh um you know you know they do hang out more right we have uh you know we have a nice little detour where uh you know we see Iwakura trying to volunteer for the student council they don't take members though i guess they don't take like volunteering which uh, i i don't know if they explain that but it's like how do they get new members then, <laughs> you know, um, but, uh, Iwakura does still get some very nice advice from them, she takes very seriously, <laughs> she takes notes, <laughs> you know, so that was cool, you know, just kind of adding to her character, you know, just adding to her, her aspirations, all that good stuff, um, and then we do see more of Kurume, um, and, you know, she does loosen up a bit at, at Star Max, you know, and, and, and this, I feel like, you know, again, the, the previous scene with Iwakura and the student council and all that is what she wants to be. Again, her, her whole life plan, right? She has her her entire life planned out till literally the day she... Uh, until after she's dead, right? Like, she, you know, she knows what, what she wants to happen with her ashes. <laughs> you know? Ridiculous. But... Um in the now, right, like, in, in present time, we see more of, kind of, what her character can be, where she is really good, 
you know, even though a lot of other people may not think it, you know, you know, even like her, her loved ones are just like, yeah, you know, she's not like super great with like social stuff, right? Like, like she's really good at her studies, you know, her, her classwork, all that, all that stuff. But like socially, she's not, you know, she's not really good in like those type of situations where it, it is funny that, that they kind of have that perception of her because that is kind of, you know, I mean, they're, they're her loved ones, her family, friends, like they, they know her very well. But it's funny to then cut to now. We have episode three. And her have her kind of like <laughs> her like you know, her like collecting, <laughs> you know, all these friends, right? And you know, she has um she has so many people around her that like want to hang out with her. Um that she has Kurume and you know, this was really a big um probably the biggest example of it so far because she was able to kind of not like turn kurume but like get her as a friend i guess which is kind of a weird way to put it but um help kurume be comfortable being friends with other people even though iwakura didn't really like that wasn't her intention she didn't come into it being like okay, I know what kind of person Kurume is and I'm going to reverse engineer this. Like, no, she was just being herself. You know, she was just trying to have a good time, invite Kurume out to Star Max, right? Um, you know, trying to make her be a part of it. Um, you know, not really doing anything like super intentional. He doesn't have this like overarching, you know. Um, you know, and then even after that, we have, uh, you know, Kurume inviting Iwakura and then accidentally inviting many many other people when she didn't really want to um which then leads to another great moment and I'm really starting to see how her character I feel like is going to play into the rest of the show we have Murashige and how she is probably my favorite character of the whole show so far and and, and again you know she's going to be the character that's kind of in, in my mind she, you know, she's going to be the one that's kind of on the outside who's, like, super perceptive of, of everything, right? Um, to me, I feel like um, another, you know, like, rom-com, I guess, that I, I really enjoy is is Toradora. Um, if you haven't seen Toradora and you like rom-com type stuff, de you know, definitely go watch that. It's definitely one of the best. Um, for a long time, it was my favorite anime of all time. I, I don't know that I can say that now just because i've seen so many more but still really 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 good and um to me i'm not going to spoil it but there's this character uh ami who is this character who who is where i'm getting um who i'm comparing murashige to where in toradora ami is super uh, perceptive of everything of like the whole situation all the different characters what they want you know what you know what they're clearly going towards um yeah yeah it gets it gets crazy we're like i don't know it gets crazy i don't want to spoil toradora but this is kind of what i'm seeing here because she has this moment where she kind of pulls kurume aside and she's like hey you know you don't have to force yourself you know i know that you're you know i can you know i can tell that you you, you don't really vibe well with people like me you know i you know i i can tell that you only wanted to invite you occur to all this you know so it's like hey don't don't force yourself on anyone you know like you don't have to force yourself to interact with me or anyone else that you don't want to you know just just be comfortable and have fun you know in whatever way you can 
And that is really nice, um, you know, but I feel like it does kind of hit Kurumi as well because in her mind, again, with her trying to, um, she has this own narrative about herself that she's like, oh man, you know, she would only, like, in, like in her mind, she'd only say this, this to me if I was coming off a certain way. And it's like, I don't, I don't want to be that, you know, I want to interact with all these other people. I want to mesh well with everyone, you know, uh, but because of who I am and what I come off as. And it's just like, again, like her own insecurities are, are, are showing. Um, so yeah. But then at the very end, we do have, again, Iwakura doing these things very unintentionally, but she's able to bring people together, right? Where she, you know, she talks about joining Camp Caramel and Camp Salted. Um, and it is almost like a, like a, uh, a metaphor for Kurame and Murashige, where it's like there are two different people and you would think, on paper, they wouldn't mesh very well, right? Um, just because of different personalities and all that. But then she uses caramel and salted, or they they perceive <laughs> her using the different popcorn flavors to be like, oh no, these two things together actually taste incredible, you know? And again, not doing it intentionally, but Murashige and Kurame kind of, you know, you know, kind of laugh at the whole situation. And then Kurume texts Murashige and is like, hey, I'm sorry about before. I would like to get to know you better. We should, you know, we should hang out after this or something. It's just like, oh, yes. You know, and again, it is funny because, you know, after all this, you know, Iwakura sees them together and she's like, oh, no, you know, I guess, you know, I guess I misunderstood. I guess, you know, I guess they are getting along. And it's like, no, you dummy. <laughs> you, you, you wonderful <laughs> you're the one who, who kind of brought them together, you know, you just don't know it, and so again, that kind of goes all the way back to the original point, where it's like, she does have this, this reputation for not having, like, any real social skills, right, but it's like, not only does she have all these people that like her, and want to get to know her, and want to be her friend, but she's bringing other people together, it's like, it's incredible, you know, and the one girl still with them too. Like I didn't write anything down about her, but like she's terrible, she sucks. You know, get her out of here. Why? Why is she still here? You know, I'm sure they're probably gonna turn her at some point. They're probably gonna turn her character and be like, oh, I, I understand why. You know what I was doing, and I don't want to do that anymore. I see the error of my ways and whatever. But it's like, get her out of here. Throw it in rice. You know. But yeah. So still a great show you know again i love the introduction of more characters um you know i love them them still building iwakura's character um it's gonna be interesting what they are by the end of the show again i don't believe um you know i'm sure this is based off a manga of some sort i'm sure this one season probably doesn't cover the whole manga maybe it does i don't know um you know but it is interesting to see you know maybe if iwakura gets to a point where she abandons her um her whole life plan, you know, you know, maybe she realizes that that's not what she wanted to do, you know, we'll see, we'll see, right? Next, we got Heavenly Delusion, episode three and episode four. This was the show that I realized I was one episode behind in, um, and I finally realized, I, you know, finally decided to catch up, do a double episode. Um, I didn't do it with episode one or two, because I was like, well, I don't know if I'm going to like the show enough, you know, if I, you know, if I'm not going to continue the show, I don't want to double up any week but you know this you know the show is is very good very very interesting um so we are going to continue it um so we have um this crazy thing with 
a uh yes yes we do have the the continuation of the flashback um with the the uh kuriko and the brother uh kuriko is haruki and uh you know they have the uh you know because she you know she talked about right or he talked about right that uh you know she like she like crashed the but see that's not what happened though unless i completely missed it but it's like that's not what happened though right uh but anyway there's a manager on the track it's visible and you know Haruki tries to fight it um but he gets eaten <laughs> he gets eaten like the whole lower half of his body and his arms just gone <laughs> so that's that's rough it's like you're you're not coming back from that unfortunately <laughs> like maybe just like an arm a leg the whole lower half of your body and your arms nah you're, you're probably gonna bleed out in about two minutes <laughs> So, um, but yeah, so that's very tragic. And um, the big reveal, right? So, not remember the last episode, I was like, oh, she, you know, or he um, is is trans. I'm like, oh, that's that's cool. You know, representation in anime, that's always, that's always great to see. Um, turns out that's not, <laughs> it's not quite what it is. It's not quite, you know, I feel like they kind of baited us a little bit, you know, which, you know, which isn't cool. But, you know, you know, I guess I can't, I, you know, you know, I guess I can't really have an opinion beyond that. So, you know, we'll just kind of leave it there. Um, turns out that Haruki, gone. Dead, presumably. I haven't seen the body, but, you know. Uh, Kuriko is saved, right? Because, you know, she was, she was messed up. She was very messed up. Saved by some doctor. And, um, she wakes up and she believes that she's actually Haruki in Kiriko's body, right? And that kind of explains everything, at least from Kiriko's perspective from the first two episodes, where it's like, okay, we're, you know, we're finding, um, you know, you know this whole mission is, okay, we got to get, um, Haru, right? That's his name. Is it Haru? Because that the... Is, is the boy's name Haru? Because that's actually really weird that the boy's name is Haru and the brother's name is Haruki. <laughs> yeah, that's like, that's like, his name can't be Haru. It's got to be something else, right? Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. Um, and uh, I forget where I was. Yeah, so... Um, and the whole point is that, you know, they're trying to find heaven because they're like, oh, you know, we got to we gotta find heaven to find the boy to inject the drugs and all that good stuff. Right. But they're also Kuruki is trying to find the doctor. Right. And we're like, oh, was it for now? We know why, because Kuriko believes that it's how that she's Haruki and Kuriko's body. We don't know how true that is. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, everyone else there is kind of like, oh, it's, it's trauma. Right. They're just like trauma messed with their you know messed with her mind so she you know she believes that she's actually the brother to like cope with whatever right we don't know the truth <laughs> because i guess from our perspective that could be true where it's just trauma you know like like there's no way you know i guess we can just believe them and be like oh well they're in the body and the mind and whatever i mean i would like to believe it because that makes it very interesting um 
because you know, that, you know that's why they're finding the doctors they go to the doctor and be like, what did you do you know i guess if and hopefully when they do find the doctor there'll be some explanation and i it'd be great when he's like oh yeah i but, but it doesn't make any sense though because like then we get to the question of why it's like oh was it like kiriko's wish <laughs> to be like put his mind in my body <laughs> it's like a weird request um or it's just like his own twisted like we <laughs> we never what's what's a Jurassic Park quote where it's like we we were so focused on on if we could we 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 never stopped to think if we should right or something like that I probably butchered it but the whole point is the whole dinosaur thing right where it's like oh they're you know they're so focused on if you know if they're actually able to bring dinosaurs back we never stop to think should we bring dinosaurs back is that a good idea <laughs> um you know so that's kind of something here right where it's like is, is it just in his own mind he was like this is something i can do i'm gonna do it right uh but we'll see and then um so yeah so that's you know, that's, that's like a big mystery thing here um and then what else do we have um and then we have another crazy thing right where the, you know they get attacked by another monster and it's and it's it, it's that fish it's the fish with the arms which is the same fish with arms that we see that one kid in the the incubation <laughs> chamber place um where he like drew it so it's like what's the connection there right like is is he some is he like like a like some sort of seer <laughs> is he a seer is he like an oracle of some sort what's what's going on there is this, is this information being fed to him like that's where the mystery is like this whole like last of us parody that's going on here with with kiriko is is, is fun right it's cool it's cool to see them kind of survive and the different you know their their hunt for whatever heaven is and then whatever the doctor is that in itself is already um, you know, it was already captivating enough, but then we have this other place over here where it's like, where, what's, what's going on here? What is this place? How come that one dude can draw things that exist in real life, even though they've never been outside? What's, what's, what, 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 what is this? What, what's the point, you know? Um, but yeah, and then, um, let's see. And then they find some, some weird looking babies. <laughs> Some freaky looking babies. I don't know what that is. Um, and the students say the dudes have some weird, like, some really weird sexual urges. Um, I don't know if they're just growing up. But it's like, you know, guys, this is some weird stuff here. And they're like monitoring it. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> we never taught them this. It's like, yeah, yeah but are, 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 are they human? <laughs> is that going to be the twist where, where, where these kids aren't human? Is that why they, why they get the weird looking baby things? what's going on um and then the one dying kid warns tokyo that this place is dangerous you gotta run you gotta escape the place is dangerous it's okay all right we we have too many mysteries there's too, there's too many questions not enough answers all right what do you what what do you mean this place is dangerous how do you know this place is dangerous what have what have you seen is this weird disease thing is it like is it like man-made like the the, the adults is this something they know about like is this some weird like test chamber thing 
What is happening? Again, me, I'm sure with many other people, or I, I'm assuming many other people are comparing this aspect of the show to Promise Neverland. If you haven't seen Promise Neverland, watch the first season. Second season, you can skip. You know, they say second season. It's, 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 it's not worth it. First season, though, very, very solid first season. And there's the whole uh, reveal in that season as to, you know, as to what that place is. And it's like, whoa, that's crazy. This place, way more complicated. Promise Neverland made sense. I was like, okay, I got it. That's, that's crazy. That's freaky, but I get it. It's, it's very simple. <laughs> this place, don't know what's going on. What's, what's, what, 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 what is happening? So, and how does it connect? How does it connect to Kuriko and Haru? I think it's still his name again. Weird that his name be Haru. The brother's name is Haruki, but I don't have the facts to back it up. <laughs> so, but yeah, a lot of stuff. So I'm, I'm very, this, this is one of the shows where I'm just like interested the whole time. Just like, I, I, I need answers. <laughs> I can't sleep. I need answers, you know? Yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Uh, next, we got Demon Slayer, Swordsmith Village Arc, Episode 2. Um, yeah, this is great. This is, um, you know, we're seeing more of the uh, of the of the Hashira, Muichiro. Um, he, he just knocked Tanjiro out. <laughs> he was like, listen, man, I don't need out of time for this. Boom. <laughs> Took him out. One punch man over here. Um... You know, but again, there you know there are some more mysteries here being being introduced, right? So we do have this. The, the key was for this mechanical doll um, that I guess is like a super, uh, you know, used for very intense uh, sword training, right? Because he's he's crazy, um, and it's it's interesting because he's like modeled after some sword master, whatever, that lived over like three hundred years ago, um, which is cool got six arms because apparently his his skill could only be emulated if you give the doll six arms um but the connection to tanjiro is that 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 was the man that you saw in his dreams so it's like i've never heard of this man before never seen a a, a, a painting of this man before in my life so how is he in my dreams you know there's gotta be some connection right you know even the you know the the kid was like oh it's gotta be like from your ancestors or whatever it's like, oh, I wonder what this kid is for. Again, he's, he's, he's got very similar earrings, if not the same earrings that Tanjiro has. You know, so that, you know, so that kind of makes you think like, oh, you know, the, you know, the very like, uh, what's the, <laughs> what am I thinking of? It's going to try to like, uh, hit you over the head with it being so obvious, but it could be one of Tanjiro's ancestors, right? could be a, a descendant to this great man <laughs> um you know because it's like again I never, i've never seen this man before so it's like how you know how is he in my dreams right um that's gonna be cool you know i'm sure we're gonna see more of that i'm sure there's gonna be like there has to be some some like answer to that we you know we can't just be like oh yeah that was weird anyway <laughs> anyway we're gonna get back to this other story um and uh yeah, and then we just see more of more of the Hashira, um, su super unlikable, super unlikable personality. Um, again, there's no, you know, you know, I like what uh, what Tanjiro says, where he's like, I'm not sensing any malice. Like, he's not like trying to be mean to us because he doesn't like us or whatever. Like, 
because he like hates us, he like, he like actively dislikes us. That's just kind of how he is. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it fun. It doesn't make him again. He's very unlikable. It's just kind of like how he is though. Like, ugh. <laughs> you know. And so they like, you know, they they want to train now to get better than him and defeat him. And you know, the kid goes a little too far. <laughs> um, but two big things here. One, we see Tanjiro getting better. Um, you know, you know, training with you know with this doll. So that's really cool. You know, uh, you know, we love a good training arc, right? You know, we love to see someone get better. Let's see different trials and uh, you know different like exercises and whatever that a you know a a, a shonen protagonist has to go through to get better. Uh, but the the puppet breaks and a sword is sticking out, and so that kind of connects to what we believe. Uh, the other character, don't remember her name, the like pink and green character. Um, what she was talking about, she's like, oh, the rumor has it that there's a super ancient, powerful sword hidden somewhere in the woods. But one plus one probably equals two. You know that, that that's that's probably the sword that that we were that she was talking about. Um, so, what's gonna happen there? You know what I mean? What's so special about this sword? Right, that that's a question. Um, it's probably the only question. <laughs> next to the question, I mean, you know, I, I it'd be cool if next episode we learn more about the sword. I imagine we're going to. It'd be cool if we learn more about the, you know, the the swordsman that this was modeled after, because I'm sure he has questions about that. Um, I mean, I should just see more of the Hashira. You know, I, I always like seeing more Hashira. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, good stuff here. But I feel like next episode is going to be like the one where we learn a lot and we. And, uh, and we see the whole payoff of this one too, um, you know, cause it'd be cool if, you know, maybe other people are searching for it as well. So, and I, I just really want to see what's so special about this sword. <laughs> like why, like, like, why is this, like, why, you know, why is this, you know, why is it so fabled? Right. So, uh, next we got mobile suit Gundam, which for Mercury season two, episode two. Um, let's see this one. This one was good. Last episode was cool, but you know, but this one was like okay. Now, now we're getting into it. Um, so we learned at the beginning that that Prospera was indeed kind of using Suleta, you know, kind of like uh, you know, masking it as like, oh, well, this is what she wants to do, which it is. You know, she always talked about wanting to go to school and all that stuff. So bringing her here was what Suleta wanted, but it also very much plays into the hands of what Prospera wanted in. Uh, the uh, Mirarine's dad, all that good stuff with the whole like Gundam, uh, you know, like how uh, Suleta is very special. She's she's a very special Suleta user, um, and we'll kind of get to that at the end. Uh, but yeah, so Mirarine didn't very much like that, but you know, she can't really do anything about it, unfortunately. Um, and then we have uh, pretty, you know, pretty much the big battle royale at the end with a bunch of different people. It's it's, it's open to all competitors, right? Um, the problem here though is that the Earthians don't have the like school protocol or whatever, so they are they are going for the kill. <laughs> they are murdering people. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. That is that is not what this is a school. We don't we don't kill people. <laughs> what, are, what are you doing? But Earthians don't care because again, they're not really here for school like i don't understand like the fact that they're still here is mind-boggling to me it's like they were the ones 
that caused so much distress. Like, like they were here. Why are they enrolled in the school? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, then we have the, the very end of that, which raises a lot of questions, right? Raises a lot of questions. Um, you know, Sophie and Celeste are, are going at it. And um, Sophie kind of, you know, in, injects this idea into Celeste's mind where it's like, what was the aerial made for? If the aerial was was built to bring people together and to help people and save people and uh, you know be this bridge supposed to be different, right? It's not a Gundam. It's it's this other thing, right? Why why is it so strong? Why does it have so much so many different weapons at its disposal? You know, why is it just this like killing machine basically? You know, and so that's initially rejects the idea, but it does kind of make her think where she's like what what was the aerial you built for like she wants to believe that her mom is correct in everything that is is truthful you know in in everything that she's been told so far but sophie kind of raises a point right and uh unfortunately Soleta die or not Soleta, sophie dies um you know you know Soleta is uh not happy <laughs> um very taken aback right she's uh, oh no you know you know you know cause she thinks that she might have killed her but no the other earthian or whatever is like no like you know sophie died well before you had the chance to kill her um but then again raises another great another good question another thing to kind of affect um in a good way and in a bad way infects like his mind which is like she died because of the whole gundam disease or whatever right like all all the the Gundam users who you know who are specially made for that like they die from it we all suffer from it so why why don't you what what are you you know very harsh question but a very valid one because Soleta has never has never had that like weird glowing thing that we've seen she's never been hurt by that like we've seen her we've seen the whole Ellen thing right like like, what are you? And so another question gets raised at the very end where I believe they were talking about Suleta or we're just insinuating that, you know, that Suleta is similar where it's like they were like a Gundam that was turned into a human or, or something like that. So it's like another good question where it's like, what is Suleta? Like, what is her purpose? How like that? And then the what is <laughs> what is the Ariel? It's like. And then the whole like question beginning with me, Rene and Prospera, it's like, there's a lot of things going on here. There's a lot of things going on here that I, I really think that this is what the whole second season is going to be about. It's going to be uncovering a lot of these truths because the whole first season was just like getting Suleta here, building the relationships, getting the Gundam here and kind of like putting that on the map. And the second season, I feel like is going to be a lot of, a lot of sleuthing, a lot of like, we need answers because this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> um, something much better, you know. You know, for the second season is going to be oh, is kind of cracking everything wide open as to what is the purpose, what what is everyone's true motives, and I feel like it all revolves around Soleta. Everyone wants a piece of Soleta, so, and I feel like Mirina is going to be a huge part of that because Mirina just kind of loves Suleta I feel like but I don't know I mean she, she's going back and forth where it's like 
you know, I feel like sometimes she's been like, oh, it's, 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 it's purely transactional. Just like, oh, that's not what Saleta wants to hear, <laughs> you know, because she, 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 she likes you for real, you know? So, whatever. We'll, we'll see, though. Next, we got Insomniacs After School, episode two. Um, this one was great, right? Yeah, this was a great follow-up to episode one. Um, it was great. So at the very beginning, we have, uh, you know, kind of setting the baseline for their relationship. Uh, Nakami does not think that he and Maguri should be uh, interacting in the public. Um, you know, I, I didn't really like that at first, you know, because it felt like he was just kind of like chickening out of putting an effort into a relationship. Um, again, even just like a, a, a friendship, not necessarily a romantic one. Uh, but then he does raise a good point where he's like, well, you know, we haven't really interacted at all. And, um, you know, we don't want them asking questions. And then, you know, it might lead back to the observatory. And, you know, you don't want, you know, you want to be forced to a situation where we have to expose the whole like insomniac, the whole insomnia thing that we both have going on. So he does raise some good points. I feel like there are definitely ways around that <laughs> where you can just be friends. You can just kind of like people become friends every day, <laughs> like uh, I don't know, but for now, that, I guess it makes sense. Um, then we have, um, they're kind of sprucing up the place. They, they have a cat, Tuchan, um, so that's cool, I guess, Tuchan. Um, but, you know, but then they get caught, right? They, they get caught, which we knew was going to happen, right? We knew at some point they were going to get caught. Didn't really, I guess, think it was going to happen so soon. Um, you know, but I guess it kind of had to for the story to progress because it's like if the story is just them kind of sneaking around the observatory, I feel like it was boring. So I feel like them getting caught in the beginning and then having to develop something else makes sense and it, and it really helps the story. Um, and so, you know, he decides oh, I'm going to join the astronomy club. Maguri, I guess, will join as well. Um, the, uh, the doctor or the nurse Kurashigi is going to be their advisor, so that's really cool because she came around because she was the one who caught them and she was like, ah, oh, I'm going to be the advisor, you know. Um, you know, because I guess she probably knows, I mean, she definitely knows about um, Nakami's insomnia because we've seen them, uh, them them talk about it in episode one. Um, I'm assuming she probably knows about Maguri's insomnia as well. Um, yeah, because even in the even in the point in the scene where he got caught, I think he kind of alludes to the insomnia as well. But again, you know, Magri doesn't really talk during the whole thing. So again, I'm not sure, but it's probably safely assumed that that, that she's aware of, of her insomnia as well. Um, but yeah, that's great because then it, you know, just gives them another excuse to hang out, gives them an excuse to stay at the observatory, um, all that good stuff. And uh, they do this, the, the, the like starter astronomy thing where they look at the moon it's like you can see the moon <laughs> with your eyes i'll be looking at the that thing and, and again you know that right there i think is another moment that i think builds on the relationship where it's like oh we're together hanging out at night at school all that good stuff and um you know she even says something at the end where she's like i'm gonna go to the moon and then look back at you or something i don't know something weird like that which is kind of like Oh, you know, kind of makes him blush a little bit. And she's like, ah, I just wanted to say that, you know. But, like, again, the whole, like, playfulness that we get in romance, uh, you know, slice of life type shows. So, that's cool. That's cool, man. You know, again, I don't... 
I don't necessarily need them to get together. I don't know if the show has a romance tag or not. Um, but I feel like they are building it up very nicely to them getting to that point. Um, yeah, and the whole astronomy uh, you know, aspect to it where they're actually doing it and then not just like, we're in an observatory. You know, I think it's nice and I think will give them a lot more opportunities to, um, I don't know, just have those types of conversations, I guess. Um, so yeah, good stuff there. Love this show. Again, this is a show that I feel like is going to be the dark horse. I feel like this show is going to come out to be like really, really, really solid. Um, then lastly, Oshinoko episode two. Not an hour and a half special. <laughs> as much as I love the show, can't do that every week. But it makes sense that they did it the first week. Um, so yeah, we have some nice developments here, I think. Um, we have Aqua impersonating that that little idol agency. And, and denying Ruby because he has this whole mindset where he's like, I can't have Ruby become an idol because you know he you know he's obviously traumatized forever by what happened to the mom I, and it's like you know again there's no guarantee <laughs> whatsoever that that same thing is gonna happen to Ruby that she's gonna also be murdered, but he is very much aware not only because of I but also because it's you know. It, pretty well-known thing i feel like of how idols do get treated and the the dangers that come with being an idol and also just how hard it is to maneuver in 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 the industry right so he just wants to protect her from that um which is very sweet but it's also like you can't not let ruby live her life <laughs> you know what i mean like she's a different human being than you um but yeah but even that right there like we see the lengths that he's willing to go um and then Ruby gets scouted. So then Aqua then uh, impersonates a, a like Strawberry Productions um, member, I guess, and uh, you know kind of interviews the one you know one of the members of the group that scouted Ruby, and kind of gets some inside information. So again, we are kind of seeing these again the the extent that Aqua will go to protect Ruby, which is again very very nice. Kind of overboard. <laughs> Uh, but still very, very nice. And um, uh, and then that, that eventually leads to uh, Ruby signing with Strawberry Productions instead so that he can, you know, so that she can be close to Ruby and the mom. Don't remember the mom's name. Um, you know, again, kind of the best situation for Aqua because, you know, again, he's not going to be able to stop her from becoming an idol. So the fact that they were able to convince her to sign here with the home team so that he can kind of help out and, you know, keep an eye on her and all that stuff. Uh, you know, best, best case scenario for them. Um, not sure it's the best case scenario for Ruby at this point, you know, cause strawberry productions is very small. They don't do idols. They barely really do anything at this point. Um, they're kind of just riding on the, the coattails of what they've been, but we'll see, you know, you know, hopefully Ruby being here and them and her literally being family will kind of inject some, some, uh, some life into this production company, you know? Um, and then we see on Aqua side that Aqua still does stuff with the director. He still hasn't given up. You know, he is still here. He is, his plan is to still move up in the industry. You know, we see him doing, uh, doing editing, for the director, um, you know, getting some some connections, doing some acting work, so he his plan is to still 
get into the industry and get big enough, get get the certain type of connections that are required to find eyes, uh, you know, their their father, I guess, right? Yeah, their father. Um, so yeah, I, I came to see their relationship develop more to be like, what's the, what's the director really think of all this, you know? Does, does Aqua... Aqua didn't tell the director that this is why he's doing it, did he? I don't remember. I don't, I don't think he did. Um, if not, it'd be interesting to see if he ever does tell him. <laughs> I'm trying to find my dad because I think my dad killed my mom. <laughs> I'm just going to be like, all right, that, that's a lot to unpack. <laughs> um, and then uh, at the very end, we see that Kana is here again. You know, the, the, the girl, the, the child prodigy who could cry at the drop of a hat or whatever the, the phrase is. So we see her again, so that's cool. That we see, I mean, she's a recurring character. Um, I don't remember why we saw her at the end, um, but it's cool to see her, you know. Uh, you know, hopefully we see more of her, um, you know, because I don't know. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's cool to see recurring characters, right? <laughs> you know, especially characters like that, that, like, vowed that she would get better and, like, meet... Uh, you know, meet Aqua again, because, you know, she felt like she was, like, she was trounced, you know, during that, uh, you know, that, like, movie, uh, movie role, right, so, I, you know, I wonder how much better she is, um, all that stuff, so, yeah, um, so, yeah, again, a, a good second episode, again, we're seeing both of them kind of move up in, in their thing, you know, Aqua kind of trying to move up in the whole acting movie scene, um, you know, and then, ruby trying to be an idol she's signed now so it's like okay what you know what are the next steps for her um so yeah them all you know them both trying to move up towards their goals um yeah and that is it that is the show for this week um again good stuff again you know i feel like a lot of these episodes i mean we're still in the very beginning of these shows um but a lot of these episodes i feel like we're very much like set up um you know more kind of development of the main characters you know and i feel like as we move on to lots of you know uh you know some of these shows are still moving on to episode three a lot of them moving on to like episode four and you know so this is really where we get um you know into into the thick of it you know you know into what the story really is and uh more like crazy you know crazy situations and all that stuff um so yeah good stuff though still super 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 solid season so far um yeah good stuff uh so yeah let me know what, what your favorite shows are so far of the season um it's tough for me man because it's like oh there's so many <laughs> like like really all of these are bangers um but yeah and uh that's pretty much it it's gonna be it for this week um until next time watch more anime.